Welcome to the Worship Chat. I'm John. And I'm Eliza. Eliza, how's everything going? How is every little thing? It is great. <laughs> Seen anything great lately? I know we had like, like a lot of marble we unpacked yeah. last week, but uh, I know, I feel this like, week is kind of dead, Yeah, it's weird. It? I'm just like, there's no marble things. What is happening? What do I do with my life, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, just like a, as a source of like praise. Mm-hmm. We've had visitors the last like three, Two, or, yeah. no, three yeah. or four weeks. Yeah. Uh, so really since Easter. We're and that's just so so encouraging to finally see that happen. It really in both services, I think that's it's been in both services every week. So hopefully this uh everybody's uh the groundhog is coming out from his hole. Right. For the and maybe the COVID thing is it's a sign that that is waning a little bit. How's everything going? Tell me something good. Um, um, I am, um, you know, living life. I, um, am going, uh, on vacation. Um, hadn't been on vacation and I don't know how long. Um, but, so I'm excited and, um, it's going to be fun. And then also I have, um, been doing a lot of TikToks. Okay. And? <laughs> and so I did one today. All right. Um, that's three cool worship band recommendations. And I said in the TikTok, I said, I know sometimes, even myself, I um, struggle with, like, Christian music sounding the same. I know that we've literally had conversations about how everything's just starting to be the same, sound the same. Or um, people think that it's corny. And it can be. Sometimes, sometimes it, it can be. Yeah. And so there's three worship bands that I've, like, literally become, like, obsessed with. And, like, they're so cool. They have a very much, like, sound now. And um, they're just totally different. And I've used some of them, um, and I've talked about some of them, and I've used some of them as, like, my songs of the week, like, some of their songs. Right. Um, and so I talked about them as laity. I love Vista Worship. And a new band called Isley. And I haven't used Isley um, in, as one of my songs but uh, yet, but they're so good. And um, two of them, of the three, have commented on my TikTok. Like, I um, tagged them in it. Yes. Just because I'm like, if people, like, see it, here's a way to find them, right? Right. And, like, they have, like, commented on it. And it's, like, really cool. And, like, oh, I'm about to start playing the TikTok. <laughs> but, um... Laity said, uh, thanks for including us. And then they said that they love Isla Vista and Isley. And I said, that their song that I've used before, I've talked about on here, is called Let Yourself Be Loved. Mm-hmm. And I said, y'all will never know how much that song has ministered to me. And then um, they haven't messaged back, but I'm obsessed with that song. And then um, Isla Vista Worship said, thank you so much. And yesterday I commented on it. I got the idea to do this because I commented on one of their posts, and I've commented on Isley before saying, I literally tell everyone about y'all. Like, y'all are so awesome. And um, I'm like, I'm getting friends and family hooked on y'all. But, um... She should be like an agent somewhere, huh? I should. They should, yeah. like, use me, like, to... Because, <laughs> like, they're, like, trying to use TikTok and saying, like, hey, like, here's an alternative. If you're tired of, like, other Christian music, here we are. And so I'm hyping them up, you know? <laughs> um... But Isla Vista Worship, they have a song called I Don't Live For Myself that I've used before. And um, I said, y'all are great. And just to let you know, most of the listens of I Don't Live For Myself is me. <laughs> wow. So it's really cool that, um, like, it hadn't got much views, but it's 
But I'm just trying to hype them up because I'm just like, I want more people to listen to them. Okay, uh, are these songs that we as a worship, as a church can sing in church? Or are they more like personal worship? They're more like personal worship. I think um, Isla Vista does have some songs that could be considered congregational. But I know more of like Laity and Isley is um, more personal worship time. So, say that I love Vista. I love Vista. How do you spell that? What is that like? I I S L A. I S. Okay. Vista. Um, but anyway, so y'all should go listen. I'm, right. As I'm hyping them up, go listen to them. Um, it's really they're really good. Like all three of the bands, and like it's really cool because like. Um, I didn't know this. I thought Isla Vista was like a big worship band, like at a church. No, they literally bought or rent a like a um, a, sh- a store like a shipping storage thing, and they record and have like worship like a container. St- yeah, like a shipping container. container. So they made a recording studio out of a shipping container. container. Yeah, oh, that's cool. And um, I did not know that until I literally like um, ran across them on my for you page on TikTok. And um, they're like, we're just a bunch of besties that got together to form a worship band, and we got this shipping container, and we record in it. That's awesome sounding in there, too. Oh, I bet. And they just do, like, worship sessions in there, and I'm like, how? You know, they have, like, wood floors, but they're, like, metal walls. I bet that's just incredible. I know. And um, somebody commented, was like, can we get, like, a tour of the inside? Because they just, like, keep showing the outside. Oh, yeah, do a TikTok of the inside. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) TikTok of now listen, like let me ask, let me ask so okay, I'm gonna throw you a curveball today. All right. All right. Online, right? Uh-huh. So I've got like a what I consider like a controversial quote. Mm. Do you want to unpack that now or wait to the end with our worship quotes? Um because I've got a regular worship quote and then I've got one that said, I'm not so sure I agree with that. No, and do it. Do it now. right now? Yeah. Now. 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 All right, here we go. Okay, this one's from John Stott. And it says, God must speak to us before we have any liberty to speak to him. He must disclose to us who he is before we can offer him what we are in acceptable worship. The worship of God is always a response to the word of God. Scripture wonderfully directs and enriches our worship. You like it. So you're shaking your head, yes. I, I don't, I don't, okay, let's, let's go sentence by sentence. Okay. God must speak to us before we have any liberty to speak to him. True or false? I mean, could that be considered like him like pursuing us, him like doing the work, taking the first step that he's already done? So you're saying that it's it's tied to that second sentence. He must disclose to us who he is before we can offer him what we are in acceptable worship. Yeah. Is that just saying that we have to be Christians before we can he can speak to us or before we can worship him? Um Is that what it's saying? I mean, maybe I'm missing it. Maybe. I mean, but, but like it can't like discount of like like we're as sinners like there has to be a point in time that we say yeah. Yes to him, you know? And there And I would say and I have said in the past that there's never a bad time to go to God and right. talk to him. So is that that's true, right? Yeah. So God must speak to us before. Well, what about this last sentence, too? I mean, because this, this whole thing just kind of turned me around. Maybe it's uh-huh. something we need to marinate on for yeah, a while. Yeah. 
The worship of God is always a response to the Word of God. Scripture wonderfully directs and enriches our worship. Is that always true? I think so, because I think worship is always a response. Is worship always Scripture-based? Is there a worship song that we sing that's not Scripture-based, and if it is, is it heresy? Oh, no, there's <laughs> tons of worship songs that aren't Scripture-based that are could possibly be considered heresy. Oh, the worship of God is always a response to the Word of God. I guess it kind of makes it sound like it's just so a narrow path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Like, it, it just sounds so narrow. This is John Stott, mm -hmm. Arthur. And so it just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm wrestling with that one. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. I could, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. All right. So y'all look it up one, one more time, and then you can... Uh, so God must speak to us before we have liberty to speak to Him. He must disclose to us who He is before we can offer him what we are in acceptable worship. The worship of God is always a response to the word of God. Scripturally, wonderfully, di wonderfully directs and enriches our worship. Mm -hmm. All right? So y'all think about that, marinate on that, we might come back to that. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to dive into it? We're actually going to go back to an article. I know last week we kind of diverged into our own thing, which was really fun. I really enjoyed that last week. Um, but we found this really... Um, interesting um i would say article that we're going to go back to and um it's by we've used some of his carrie carrie newhoff newhoff 10 reasons even committed christians are attending church less often mm. and so i read this i'm not even i don't even know how i feel about some of these but go go ahead why don't you unpack this yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. It comes in a surprising number of conversations a lot, and no one's quite sure how to respond to it. The issue? Even committed church attenders are attending church less often. Sure, the trend has been happening for years. Gone are the days when people attend 50 out of 52 Sundays. But the issue has reached a tipping point in the church over the last decade. All right, I first read about this in a post called a seven ways to respond as people attend church less often. But the conversation persists and to many leaders feel much more urgent. This isn't a post about why people have left the church. That's a totally different subject. This is the first in the series of posts about church attenders who love God, appreciate the local church, and are even involved in the local church, but who simply attend less often. And so this topic comes up a lot. Um, and then he does research. But so why all this attention? This trend isn't going away. In fact, it's accelerating. It impacts almost every church, regardless of size, denomination, or even location. It probably marks a seismic shift in how the church will do ministry in the future. Of course, church attendance is never the goal, but attendance is a sign of something deeper that every church leader will have to rest, wrestle with over the next few years. The first key to addressing what's happening is to understand what's happening. So why are even committed attenders attending less often? And here are 10 reasons. All right, are we ready? Are, are you ready? Because this, this is really, one of the things about this is that when you attend less often, I think, I know a bunch of pastors who are just going through like, man, it's just honestly like depression over this, people not being involved. And so I think it's healthy to talk about this. I agree. Right? And so where everybody, like it said, everybody is facing this mm. right now in a, I don't know if you even call this a post-COVID yet world, but right. this is where we are. So here are the top 10 reasons. Go ahead. Greater affluence. 
Money. Did I say that right? Yes. Affluence. I feel like that was wrong. But um, anyway. You're all right. Money gives people options. If your church is at all engaging the middle class, the middle upper class, or suburban demographic, an interesting trend is developing. The middle class is shrinking. But as this New York Times report shows, it's shrinking in part because of the middle class is becoming upper class. Both U.S. and Canadian personal disposable incomes are at an all-time high. There are simply more affluent people than there were decades ago, which may in part explain why so many average people indulge their obsessions with granite countertops, designer homes, and decent cars, even without being mega wealthy. Naturally, this leaves a huge theological void about about ministry to and with the poor, but it helps explain what's actually happening in the suburbs and increasingly with the re-urbanization of many cities as the affluent move back downtown. I'm not arguing things should be this way. I'm simply showing that this seems to be what's happening. And again, people with money have options, technology options, travel options, options for their kids, and arguably what affluence may be one of the factors moving them further away from a committed engagement with the mission of the local church. Is perhaps fueling some of the reasons outlined below. I don't know if I feel this like that. I don't know if I... Yeah. Unless we're just part of that middle class that's, instead of being pushed upward, we're pushed downward. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could possibly, well, that could possibly be our case, but, uh, and I don't know anybody like this. Yeah. So that, I, I don't know if our... And anybody that I could think is like this are are the ones that are actively involved in church, in our right. church. So it's not true for us. Right, in our situation yeah. right here. But every situation is different. And it's been, depending on how your state opened back up again and mm-hmm. and where you are with that. So I'm already like, I don't agree with number one, but let's go into number two. Maybe we can find some something there. Yeah, number two, higher focus on kids' activities. A growing number of kids are playing sports, and a growing number of kids are playing on teams that require travel. Many of those sports happen on weekends, and affluent parents are choosing sports over church. It's a simple fact. Um, I could probably agree with that, um, because I know that, like, nowadays I don't care. Like, it's So I work with the youth on Wednesday nights, and it's like, oh, so-and-so isn't here. They got a, tournament a game or whatever. I think that's been the case for a long time, and I think that part is growing. Like, there's mm-hmm. probably another part of what he's saying is that a num- there is less and less respect for Wednesday night, yeah, or church night, in general. or even or now, church uh, Sundays. Sundays, because yeah. I know um, several families that are like, "Oh, we're going out of town because that's when like tournaments are on Sundays." Yeah, what's so wild to me, Eliza, is that there's so few kids. That will actually make the major leagues. I mean, if that's their uh-huh. goal. That's, yeah. There's so few kids that this is going to benefit, and you will throw hundreds and thousands of dollars away on travel ball. Yeah. And they're going to, like, quit in college or, you know, never make it. Or even if you don't, I mean, you can still be a good player and not make it. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. I know that's what like, but it's like people, the parents get offended if you try to say that too. I wonder if that's just, I wonder if it's more like a parent pushing thing than it is like a a kid's thing too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, number three, more travel. 
Despite environmental concerns, travel is on the rise, and most people are taking far more than the old standard of one vacation a year. More and more families of various ages travel for leisure, even if it's just out of town to go camping or to a friend's place for the weekend or a weekend at the lake. When people are out of town, they tend not to be in church. I would say yes. Yeah, I, th I think so. But once again, this seems almost like a, a pre-COVID article. Mm. Because that was the case back then. Well, it's but, starting to become like bigger now. Yeah, people are getting out and traveling more. But I'm, but I'm thinking like last year, was it last year we were going to do that, the boating thing, the men's group sponsored like mm -hmm. the deep sea fishing? Yeah. And it, and it seemed like it was talking to those people. It was just now opening back, really getting back mm -hmm. open again. So yeah. that was, uh, it's been the case, but more people are getting out. And I hear the opposite of that too, that people are, when they do go on vacation, it's more of a, like a staycation or a lot. A lot closer. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think it's like different, like people my age. Like, we deal with that all the time of like, oh, I'm going out of town for the weekend. I'm going, and like with me, like it's like so weird because I like I have a job on Sundays. It's like, yes. oh, like I, um, I can't go on a, you know, excursion for the weekend. It's got to be, I got to be back for Sunday. Right. Yeah. And like, it's like weird that like this is literally like my first time, like since I've worked here that I've like, um, I missed a, a Sunday once to go with a youth trip coming back, but this is not a youth, this is nothing. This is like me seriously going out. Going to somewhere you want Going to go. somewhere. Yeah. And like, it's weird that like, I'm going to be like, not here, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I see the trend of like weekend trips coming back on Sundays right. with more people my age. Right. I agree with you. Alrighty, number four, blended and single-parent families. Fortunately, more and more blended families and single-parent families are finding our home in church. So how does this translate into attendance patterns? Church leaders need to remember that when custody is shared in a family situation, perfect attendance for the kid or teen may be 26 Sundays a year. Similarly, while the affluent might not be in church because of access to reliable transportation, single parents who not always but often struggle more financially, might not be in church because they lack access to reliable transportation. So here's the strange twist. People who have a car are often not in church because they have a car. People who want to be in church are often not in church because they don't have a car or because it's not their weekend for church. Sadly, people who want to get to church simply can't. By the way, I used to lead a church that virtually required, requires a vehicle to get here. I loved how we often see people with reliable transportation helping out those who don't have a vehicle. That's at least a partial remedy to the problem. I like how he said that basically single parents don't have cars. I know. That's what he's saying. I don't know. This is such a generalization. I don't, I don't know where he got there. I don't understand. But I will say this, considering transportation problems. Like a bus, a church bus ministry is old school, like nineteen seventies, sixties. Like I mean, it's 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 been around, but it's it's still that's a, a needed ministry, especially older people. Yeah. If you have night church, they don't want to get out and drive at night, um, and so that kind of I kind of need is there for someone to pick up and and run yeah. with it. I would have said lack of transportation, not even blended or single fan. I don't even know what <laughs> so <I> funny. <laughs> I know, he, he jumped the, uh, jumped the shark out. <laughs> Alrighty, we'll continue on. Alright, 
Number five. Five, online options. With the rise of online church, social media, and you... I can't... But ubiquitous? I can't talk to this. Thank you. It just looks weird today. Tech, there have... I can't do big words today. My $5 word limit's gone. Gone. Okay. <laughs> there have never been more opportunities for people to access church without being there. There are pros and cons to online church, and there's no doubt that churches with a strong online presence have seen it impact physical attendance. But whether or not your church has online options doesn't make the issue go away. Anyone who attends your church has free access to any online ministry of any church. Online church is here to stay whether you whether you participate or not. Yeah. I agree. If you're a church out there, don't fight that. I yeah. mean, I, I think there's a tendency to want, if we offer it online, they're not going to come back to in And in if person, you don't right? offer so it I, online, they're going to go to another church. Yeah, because there's other online options yep. out there. I think my mom was watching like three different services like during COVID, like the height of it. You know. Oh, yeah. Your mom um, messaged the church the other week to say how good your sermon was. Oh, wow. Did you see that? No, I did not. <laughs> She like literally like messaged. I'm like, that is so sweet. I love your mom. <laughs> there you go, mom. You got one fan out there. Eliza it's me. <laughs> Alrighty. Number six, the cultural disappearance of guilt. When I grew up, I felt guilty about not being in church on a Sunday. The number of people who feel guilty about not being in church on Sunday shrinks daily. I regularly meet people all the time who haven't been in church or haven't been in months but love our church. If they're relying on guilt as a motivator, you need a new strategy. Tragedy. Tragedy. Strategy. Strategy. I'm telling you, I'm done today. Well, honestly, you've always needed a new strategy. Yes. I I do. I think that's real. I think, uh, yeah, number six is dead on. Yeah. I think it's been that way. And now you've got the cover of Oh, well, I didn't go, but I watched online. Or, mm-hmm. or we you? watch online. Did or, you? Yeah. That's like when you say, I'm, we'll pray for you. Did but you? did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they, I, I, yeah, that's that's definitely on. Mm-hmm. Especially with our society. It probably get more secularized than, yeah. than where we were. Yeah, because I think it's all about, like, you shouldn't have to feel guilty for, you know, this and this and this. Yes. So. I agree. Alrighty, number seven, self-directed spirituality. I'm telling you, you might have to take over if I can't talk anymore. Alrighty, people are looking less to churches and leaders to help them grow spiritually and more to other options. We live in an era in which no parent makes a visit to a doctor's office without having first Googled the symptoms of a child's illness and a recommended course of treatment. Just as any family physician, it drives them nuts. Google Doctors will tell you it's not a complete replacement for <laughs> medical school. Similarly, when when was the last time you bought a car without completely researching it online? In an age where we have access to everything, more and more people are self-directing their spirituality for better or for worse. Similarly, another characteristic of the postmodern mind is a declining trust and reliance on institutions. The church in many, in many people's minds is seen as an institution. I don't actually believe that's what a church is. I think it's a movement, not an institution. But many churches behave like an institution, and the postmodern mind instinctively moves away from it as a result. Yeah, I was just uh, mm-hmm. going through like a, our starting point class. It, it kind of mentioned that like in beginning, 
uh, Ecclesia was mm-hmm. was a group of people, and uh, uh, more accurately, it'd be a, a translation instead of a church, it would be congregation. So it wouldn't a church is is not the building, but it's the people. It's not an institution. Mm-hmm. And I think Catholics have defined it kind of like that. They took the German word church and mean it. Uh, I think it was translated. What was it like? House of God. I yeah. believe is. Is the way they uh, translated ecclesia, which is wrong. Uh, it's not the house of God; it's the people of God. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, when you when you look at that verse where, where they get that from, and then they base all that on mm-hmm. like no one outside of the church, then the institution of church, can possibly be right with God. So it's I agree with Carrie. It's more of a it's more of a movement than it is yeah. an institution. Yep, I agree. All right, number eight. Failure to see a direct benefit. People always make time for things they value most. If they're not making time for church, that tells you something. And I think that sums up everything. Making time for church. Yeah, of like people will make time for the things they value. Right. Even among people who say they they're love, who say they love the church, and who say they love your church, if declining attendance is an issue. Chances are it's because they don't see a direct benefit. They don't see the value in being there week after week. That could be because there isn't much value. Or it could be because there is a value that they simply don't see. Either way, failure to see a direct benefit always results in declining engagement. So what are you doing or not doing that leaves people feeling that there's not that much value? Mm. Not... When the church does, like I mentioned this Sunday again, when the, when we don't um, apply the Bible to our lives, we it's not a value. It's just something that we're doing. Leading back to like the whole guilt thing before uh, begin attendance, but we've got to uh, the benefit is being in God's house with God's people, going through life with somebody other than you or your own immediate family. And just seeing that there are other people going through what you're going through. Like the, the, the benefit of the church is really, see the devil's one of the biggest errors and, and the, uh, and the, that the devil has to use against us is making you feel like you're all alone. You're all alone mm-hmm. in your sin. No one else knows or goes through the same thing you're going through. Uh, and you're not loved. And, and all those things are handled when we come together. Yeah. And honestly, the church doesn't need more lights and fog. We need authentic Bible preaching, you know, yeah. pastors and worship, you know? Yeah. And to love each other. Yeah. And to and to be, honestly, be the church. And like you said, like, if, I think what has gone wrong is the church isn't living like the church. The church isn't, um, being the love of Jesus, yeah, and that has ultimately hurt us. When the inside of the church is just a, as divided as the outside is, or the the secular world, mm-hmm. we're off. We're off somewhere. Yeah, like I feel like if Jesus were here today and he came in, like, would he tell you like he told the Pharisees of you're nothing but whitewashed tombs? Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. And I think a lot of churches have gotten to that point. And it would surprise a lot of people where oh, they would. are if they held up a mirror. 
like that to them. Exactly. All right, number nine, valuing attendance over engagement. When someone merely attends church, the likelihood of showing up regularly or even engaging their faith decreases over time. At our church, I find our most engaged people, people who serve, give, invite, and who are in a community group are our most frequent attendees. More and more as a leader, I value engagement over attendance. Ironically, if you value attendance over engagement, you will see declining attendance. Well, the opposite of what you would think, right? So, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we've got to be, I think on the, on the flip side of this, we also got to make room for people to grow or give room for people to get their feet wet first mm-hmm. and then come into I think too many times we just jump on people. We throw them in responsibility before they're even ready for that. Right. And, like, I think, like, making sure that people, or, like, the openness of, like, hey, like, we'd love for you to help, you know, and and let them see that there is a place for them. And I honestly, like, I will say that's a small group being, doing life with one another is, um, don't want to hurt your feelings, but probably more important than even, like, the preacher. You know, you can't get to everyone. Right. But... A small group can, you know? And, yes. And I think that's so important. And I see so many times if you are not involved in a small group, you're not going to, like, you're probably going to be finding another church. But then, like, at the same time, like, there has to be small groups that are welcoming others. Like, my whole thing, and, and you've heard me say it again, like, my small group that I have of, like, young adults, we can't even call ourselves college and career anymore. We're just career but yeah. um, <laughs> more career than college. More career than college. But um, I'm like, we'll be the people that, for those that need people, you know. Yeah, there's a place for you here. There's a place else. at my table. There's always a place, you know. And because we're gonna do life with one another, we're gonna be there for each other in the ups and downs, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna grow in our walk with Christ together. And that's what it means. Every, every church should be like that. Every small group should be like that. And if you don't have a, if you're at a church where you don't have small groups that or a Sunday school club, whatever you want to call it, that is open to people coming in, you're not going to keep people. Yeah, and I'm right. That would a small group would handle like a lot of the problems that we mentioned today. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if they did meet, like an attender, you can slip off for a couple of weeks, not come. Mm-hmm. And then show up next month, show up once a month, and no one's going to miss you. But if you can't do that if you're in a small group. People are going to see you and know you because you're walking through life together, right? Exactly. And you're going to get a text, where you at? <laughs> I missed right. you. Yeah. Alrighty. Number 10. This is the last one. A massive cultural shift. All of these trends witness to something deeper. Our culture is shifting seismically. Church leaders who fail to recognize this will not be able to change rapidly enough to respond to the shifts that are happening. And change is unkind to the unprepared, so be prepared. As Scar would say from the Lion King, be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> change is unkind to the unprepared. Mm. I, want, I, I still don't think we know. I mean, if you're talking about a seismic shift, what does that even mean? If we're not really sure we're really out of COVID yet, what do we know about like this shift in society? Um, I still think it's too early to make that call. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all this is good fodder for, for thought. And of course, this is going to be, this 
today is part one to next uh, week's podcast where we kind of unpack the uh, the earlier article that he mentioned. Yeah. About seven ways to respond to people who attend less often. So we're, today we're talking about the reasons they're doing that, and then next week we'll unpack some ways to get them back. Mm-hmm. Ways to get them back. So we, we won't leave you hanging there. Yeah. <laughs> you want to move on to... Our- our quotes, quotes of your, um, the week. Yes. My quote is <clears throat> by Charles Spurgeon. And it says, Nothing teaches us about the preciousness of the Creator as much as when we learn the emptiness of everything else. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's yes. good stuff in it. It is. And, like, it's not necessarily, like, says worship in it, but... Um, like where I got it from, it says worship arises from the right priorities. Yeah. And when we know who he is and the pre- and truly to behold him and the preciousness of preciousness of him, that leads us to worship. It kind of reminds me of that old quote: uh, "When when Jesus is all that you have, you'll find that he's mm, all yes. you need." You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's like yeah. a modern take on. I think it's expurgent modern take. Modern take on expurgent, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a different take on. Yeah. All right. Mine is from Oswald Chambers. It says. Worship is giving God the best that he has given you. Be careful what you do with the best you have. Whenever you get a blessing from God, give it back to him as a love gift. Okay, that's the end of another quote. But here, here, here is my Oswald Chambers. It says, take time to meditate before God and offer the blessing back to him in a delivered act of worship. If you hoard a thing for yourself, it will turn into spiritually dry rot, as the manna did when it was hoarded. But God will never let you hold a spiritual thing for yourself. It has to be given back to him that he may make it blessing to others. Oswald Chambers. Man, that's so true. Like hoarding a spiritual gift. I guess it was all that too. So once again, worship is giving back to God the best that he has given to you. Be careful what you do with the best you have. Whenever you get a blessing from God, give it back to him as a love gift. Take time to meditate before God and offer the blessing back to him in a deliberate act of worship. If you hoard a thing for yourself, it will turn into some spiritual dry rot. Wow. And then he goes into talking about how it was related to like the manna on the ground. Oswald Chambers really, uh, really knew how to how to lay it down, uh, unpack that. That was, a, that was a, two great quotes this week, and we hope you take those quotes and use them. Um, and maybe you can uh, mention them in your worship. Maybe mention them in your post, or even like a uh, a text to your worship team or choir, or whatever you're working with. All right, songs of the week. Eliza, mine is. Uh, my song of the week is Gratitude from Brandon Lake. Oh, oh, how did God, I know? Because I've been singing. I was singing it yesterday. I didn't think anyone was in the office <laughs> and have the door closed. Because you weren't supposed to be here. Apparently, Rita and them were listening to my one-person concert of Gratitude. Uh, anyway, so I'm just sitting here. I was just jamming up this song. Okay, It says, uh, it's, it's very acoustic-driven. All, all my words fall short. I got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs, as I often do, but every song must end, and you never do. 
So I throw up my hands, this of course, and praise you again and again. Because all that you, all that I have is a hallelujah, a hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I have nothing else fit for a king except for our heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got one response. I've got just one move. With my arms stretched wide, I will worship you. So I throw up my hands, goes back into it, into the chorus again. And then the bridge is, so come on my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song, because you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Come on my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song, because you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. It repeats that. Uh, oh my gosh, this is this is just such a such a good song. Right, starts acoustic and it comes back mm -hmm. to him. I'm still looking for that. I know he's got one that's like a straight acoustic version of this. Yeah, it is, uh, and it is just good because you think of him doing all these upbeat uh, songs, but just the words. Uh, I think the uh, every song must end, but you never do. That is that's a great mm. line for me. And the, and the whole coming back to like the Hallelujah. There's some there's something about that word. Just straight up praise to God, and it just takes me to where I need to be. Yeah. Man, that's that's Gratitude by Brendan Lake. Alrighty, my song of the week is Anyway by Benjamin Hastings. And I would like to say that Benjamin Hastings looks like he could be Brandon Lake's brother. Okay, yeah. Um, and he's with was, I don't know where we're at with that, with Hillsong Worship. Um, All right. And I have loved Benjamin Hastings. He's so underrated to me. And I love his voice and I love his songwriting. And he's starting to come out with like his own stuff. And so this is his new song that came out on Friday that I am absolutely in love with. It's so good. And also the cover art for the single, I don't know if it's for his album, is um, A Broken Heart. That's a disco ball. Yeah. And I love disco balls. And so <laughs> I saw the art and I'm like, ooh, this is about to be a good song. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Anyways, anyway, here's the song. <laughs> I will trust in your intentions, even through my question marks. So I don't need to know the answers, because I know the one who does. You've been God for a while, so the wisdom of time says you always know best. So whatever befalls, whatever you want, your will is worth the test. When it's yes or no or wait, I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to praise you anyway. Highlight heartbreak, I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to praise you anyway. When the sky is blue, when it pours with rain, and the promise and in the pain, oh, to me, it's all the same. I'm going to praise you anyway. Then um, the verse is the same, and then <clears throat> the bridge is, because your heart is for me, and it always will be. Yeah, I don't doubt the plan because it's not my place. I just take my song and praise you anyway. Oh, it's so <laughs> good. Yeah. So good. Uh, and it just goes of like, no matter what, God has a plan, and no matter what you're going through, what, and then whether it's yes, no, or wait, I love that line, and it's, I'm just going to praise you anyway. Oh, it's so good. That is good. That's awesome. I've had two good songs this week. Yes. That really, what it is, and it seems like it's a, are they similar, like, uh, like really chill? Um, Acoustic or is it upbeat or what is it? It's not upbeat. It's a mid-tempo song. Yeah. But it's great. The words are awesome in that. It is. I was just like, yes. And I don't know how many times I've listened to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, look, 
thank you for tuning in. Um, just as an encouragement for all of those uh, church leaders, because um, I think worship leaders, pastors, wherever you're at, however you're serving, uh, when you look out and you're looking at a smaller crowd than you did two, three years ago, um, it's depressing. And so we, we did this today just so we can do what we're going to do next week, the next podcast, and then give you some of those answers and maybe spur some ideas about how to get some of those people mm-hmm. that have left back. But just be encouraged. I know, like I said at the beginning, just the visitors that we've had hasn't been an encouragement to me. Mm-hmm. And just keep doing what God has called you to do. Absolutely. Right. Well, alrighty. Thank you for tuning in. This is um, the Worship Chat. I'm John. And I'm Eliza. See you next time.